Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Nellie and Nadine is the unlikely love story between two women falling in love on Christmas Eve 1944 in the Ravensbrück concentration camp. Despite being separated in the last months of the war, Nellie and Nadine managed to reunite and spend the rest of their lives together. The film is called Nellie and Nadine, and it is a remarkable documentary film. It's a remarkable story, the two lives of these two women. It's hard to fathom um, in terms of what they went through and what they what they're able to achieve with this relationship. We're joined today by the director of this wonderful film. That would be Magnus Gerten. Magnus, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much. Thank you so very much for this film. It is hard to describe. And in some ways, I'm hesitant to give too much away about the film. I think my challenge in talking to you today will be to not give away too much because I want people to see this film, I want them to discover this remarkable story on their own. But how did you hear about uh, Nellie and Nadine? What was it that prompted you to move forward with this as a project? It's actually a, a long story. The The starting point of this is a newsreel that I found. And I watched that newsreel the first time in 2007. The newsreel shows survivors from the concentration camps arriving to actually my hometown, Malmo, Sweden, in April 1945. And they are taking their first steps in freedom. That's what's being shot by the best of Swedish cinematographers at that point. So it's it's a unique uh, newsreel. And I never thought I would do anything that had to do with the Second World War or the Holocaust. It's like if you do a list of topics to avoid as a documentary filmmaker, number one would probably be be the Second World War. So, But I, I became so fascinated by these faces because they are looking straight into the camera. It's a well shot. It's like portraits of people in the moment of freedom coming coming from the worst of circumstances that you can imagine. And I, I, I became fascinated by the faces. I wondered, is it possible to find out who they are? And the film reel in itself is quite famous. There's a, one copy at the, the, the Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington, D.C. You have it in, in Israel and so on. But I think I was the first one to ask the question, is it possible to find out who they are? And it's also good as a documentary filmmaker to have a challenge like that, the impossible challenge. That's what makes you 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 get to, to get the energy to do a film. If I do just a portrait of, of you know of a musician or so, it's not it's not exciting enough. I need something that is <clears throat> really gets me going. So that was my the first thing I asked myself, and then we started to be in my team to to find out and suddenly we we found the first person we found out is a little girl uh which is is seen in the film and she's just like 10 years old in the film and that ended with 
with me doing one film called Harbor of Hope, where I'm telling the, the historical context of these people arriving in Sweden and the importance of the help they received when they came to Sweden. And when I was out screening that film internationally, I remember I had a screening in, in Jerusalem in 2012. And after the screening, there was a little lady raising her hand saying, excuse me, in the, the archive material you are using, you see, you see a couple of women that are standing, uh, they've just came off the ferry and they've just arrived to Malmo. And beside them there, you see a little girl who's holding a blanket in her hand. I just want to say, it's me. So she recognized herself uh, during that screening. And when then we had a broadcast on TV and people contacted us, us and said, my, that's my mother or that's a relative and so on. So, so then we, we really continued uh, this, this search for, uh, for, you know, putting names to the faces. And that ended up with a, a very conceptual film in 2015 which is called Every Face Has a Name, which is a film, it's like a name-giving ceremony. I'm, I'm like walking around in, in the harbor and I'm putting all these names to, to faces and you, you get to know them and their, their stories and very fascinating. I'm, I'm quite happy about that film. And then I thought, okay, now I've done two films about the Second World War, never again, no more. And then I was out traveling a lot with this Every Face as a Name. And I came in at late 2016, I came to Paris. I thought that must be my last big screening with this film. Just before the screening in Paris, I got an email from a farmer couple living outside Paris. And they said they wanted to meet me. And I met them in a wine bar in Paris. And then they told me about the two women, Nelly and Nadine. And Nadine I knew about because Nadine is visible in the newsreel, but I didn't know anything about Nelly. And they showed me some photos and, and Sylvie, the woman, uh, she told me that her grandmother was Nelly and they, she, she had been living together with Nadine. Um, and then I realized, okay, here, here's a big story. Maybe I need to do one more film, a third film about the Second World War, where I actually can tell the story about Nadine, visible in this film reel from the harbor of my hometown. And I could connect her to Nelly and tell their big story. And it's, it's a big, it's a huge love story. Then I can say that at Sylvie at that point was not really interested in, in being a part of a film. She was quite scared and it was it's quite tough for her to go into the secrets of the family because no one talked about what Nelly had been doing during during the the, the war and uh, and no one really knew about that woman that she had been living together with. So that, that's the starting point of the film. It's like it starts with, with a family secret. And that's what you need as a filmmaker. You want to set up an enigma and a secret, and then you go and discover things. That was the, the short answer of your question. No, it's, that's a great answer. And I got to say that, you know, I've interviewed a lot of documentary filmmakers. One of the joys of documentary filmmaking for me is. <laughs> to discover stories, to learn about things I never knew of before. 
been, and then there are those rare documentary films where it is a story that you couldn't make up. Absolutely. This story is like that. This story is like, could have been a cheesy Hollywood movie. Too sentimental. You would not really trust the story. If they, they told you it's based on, on real events, you would not believe it. I mean, the meeting between Nelly and Nadine is that Nelly is singing an opera aria in a barrack in the camp at Christmas 1944. And that's, in a way, that's how they fall in love. And I, you, you wouldn't dare to write that in a script. No, no, you wouldn't. It's literally unbelievable. And both of their lives separately in their own ways are things that, again, Maybe it's a stretch to say beyond our imagination, but certainly very interesting stories for each of them and their personalities and the circles that they travel in. And again, as I said, when we started, I don't want to give away too much. I think we've said basically the concentration camp part of it. And again, another amazing thing is that they both survived the Nazi concentration and, and death camps of World War II is, again, just beyond belief. Let's talk a little bit about Nellie and her her career, what she, what we would know her for. Yeah, N- Nellie, she was a singer, classical singer, uh, sometimes an opera singer. And she toured quite a lot. She came from Brussels, Belgium, and she toured to, to several countries, actually, and she was quite famous and a good singer, for sure. She was thrown into the resistance against the Nazis when Belgium was occupied in 1940. And she, the same year, she became a, an agent in a network, uh, which also is the, the cheesy Hollywood movie again. And she's working uh, as an opera singer. She's traveling, most likely bringing documents with her when she's going to different parts of Europe. Um, but she uh, she gets arrested by the Nazis in 1943, and then she's thrown into different prisons and finally into two really uh, terrible concentration camps. But she decides very early on to write a, a diary about what happens. And that diary is one of the key elements in this film, because that makes us have... Uh, the 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 words of the women themselves. It's yeah. not me telling how they fell in love. It's it's in the diary. It's their words, and that's so important. That that was that was probably the thing that made me able to do the film. So yeah. she's writing this diary, uh, and she writes like a poet because she she she's from a generation where you listen to very advanced classical music. She's been reading all the novels, all the poetry of those those poets that we know of today. So, and you can see that in her own writing. And she goes into her inner life in a way in her writing. So there are, of course, descriptions of how, how it looks like in the camps. But we are mainly interested in, in how she describes her feelings. And, and after meeting Nadine, uh, she 
Nadine becomes the person who, and the, their love becomes the, the way to survive the camps. It's the love that keeps them going. I'm at a loss for words. I, I want people who are listening to this conversation to understand how remarkable the story is, how the power of love is transcendent in this story. It is the thing that uh, a sustaining, beautiful, enriching love that they have for one another. They seem to be so connected. Nadine's another remarkable story, just struggling with how much I want to talk about in terms of each of these stories. <clears throat> but Nadine comes from more, maybe a little more succinctly about Nadine in terms of where she came from. Because as you mentioned in this film clip from uh, Malmo, we this haunting face, this look that she has on her face. But she came from an extremely interesting background as well. For sure. Um, I, I would take take the risk to to say something at least. Because yes, she, she was the daughter of, of the the um, Chinese ambassador to, to Madrid. She lived in, in Spain for some years, and then she moved back to China, where she lived like the, the, the most upper-class life you can live. She was educated herself to being a lawyer. She learned five languages. She became the secretary to a prime minister. She was doing things that no woman usually do in China in those days. She was driving cars and she was doing sports and, and everything. And when there were like international delegations coming to, to Beijing, she was there and taking care of them. Uh, so she had this the perfect life, uh, but she decided to give up everything and go back to Europe in 1933 because she wanted to live another kind of life. Yeah. And when where she connected to uh, avant-garde circles, uh, poets, uh, lesbians uh, circles, and so on in in Paris. So, and that's a part of the film, which also is is a, to me important to because this is like a neglected history. This is you you can't read much about about this. The life that she lived and and they they lived. It's 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 a story that has been in in the dark. Uh, someone has put it in the darkness, and I, I'm so happy as a filmmaker that I'm the one to be able to bring it into the light. Uh, it feels like a privilege uh, to me to be able to do that. I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with the director Magnus Gerten. He is the director of a documentary film called Nelly and Nadine. It's coming out through Wolf Releasing uh, on December 16th. So be looking for this in theaters. Uh, I'll have that posted uh, at the filmschoolradio.com website to find out where you can see this and others. You can go to Wolf Releasing as well, W O L F E Releasing to find out more. You mentioned the salon. Was it Natalie or is it Natalie Barney, the the woman who ran that salon, that incredible literary salon in Paris? Absolutely, <clears throat> Natalie Clifford Barney. She came from the U.S. Uh, and she was uh, she's one of the most legendary lesbian um, cultural figures. She was a writer, a poet, and she moved to Europe in order to to live the life she wanted to live and so she created this literary salon in paris where so many famous people everyone from matahari to 
to Picasso, to uh, all the big writers, and especially the female writers. They came there every Friday. They had these salons with, with uh, readings and uh, dancing and whatever could happen. <laughs> and she had that for so many years, more than 50 years. She had that salon. And, and, uh, and erased from history, right? Pretty much. It's 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 maybe not a race, but it does not have the the the, the place in history that it deserves. Denied, that, denied history. Sure. It, it's it's neglected uh, history, and there is someone should do a documentary about it because it's it's a fantastic story, and she's such a legend. So I'm happy, and that that's just a little part of the story. And, There's and just. Then, I'm sorry, but you could take any part of this film, any storyline you choose to 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 focus on, and you can see how rich it is and how there's so much there. The love story, the the fact Sylvie, her her daughter, is discovering this. Their family had basically been in the dark. Most of them had been in the dark about the relationship between Nellie and Nadine. The discovery of it, the people that we get to meet along the way, there are there are just it's an incredible story stories to be told in this film and it is it and, is and just i have to say also real quick not only is the the film clip from malmo incredible in terms of its clarity and the look of it and the it's just stunning to see that and i i assume they're over through the miracle of modern technology, some of it was restored in, in such a way it has this depth of field in it that just as you're watching, you can't imagine this was shot in 1945, 46, whenever it was. It's a beautiful film clip it and it's over 40 minutes. Is that right? The whole thing? Yeah, it's a material that it's 40 minutes and, and the, the main part of it is shot in, in, in the harbor in 19, April 1945. And it's 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 the best cinematographers and and it's was so well kept because that, and that never happens uh, but someone kept everything maybe because they realized this is historically important material and then I started this investigation of the secrets of this film clip yes that's that's because my my drive is like this boyish drive of I want to know who they are. And there I found Nadine and this material and many other other and so much of this of this story circles back on itself. It comes back in in ways that are unexpected and the the, the connections between people. But what, and also another thing that is such a strength of this film, it's one of the most cinematic documentaries I've ever seen. It's shot like a narrative film. It feels like a narrative film. There, the uh, your cinematographer who I just forgot. I'm so sorry. Caroline Truitson. It's just stunning, and your use of black and white in terms of the contrast, the clarity of those shots throughout the film, contrasting that with. But there is so much in terms of the technical side of this film that are so well done, and the sound design, the music, the editing. It's just a superbly put together film about something that I'll say one more time, you could not have made this up. It's just not possible for all of the permutations that we see in it. So not only are you a curious person, but you have managed to assemble it in such a way 
that has even enhanced for me, enhanced these remarkable stories. So congratulations on all of that. Thank you. Thank you so much for your warm words. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Uh, I, again, the film is called Nellie and Nadine. It's coming out on December 16th. It's won a number of awards over the course of its run at different film festivals, deservedly so. And I wish you the very, very best in terms of finding either something in this story, you mentioned something earlier, or something like this. And please make make that film. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We've been, we've been talking with the director of this wonderful film, Nelly and Nadine, Magnus Gerton. Magnus, thank you so much for your time today and uh, all the very best. It was a pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.